Hey everyone, I'm Lewis Malley. Welcome to the podcast. This episode was originally recorded on one of my live streams, so I hope you enjoy it. If you want to watch or listen to more of my content, please follow me on the various social media channels. Please leave a review, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy it. Awesome, and we're live. Thank you everyone for joining. We are recording live, but we're going to stream it after. Okay, awesome. Um, just for everyone that thinks they're watching us live right now it is live and you can drop questions in the comments for sure um but we'll address them maybe later so so joel um from higher well mate thanks so much for joining yeah great to be here lewis and uh we were just chatting offline about how we met what a year and a half ago now yeah yeah Yeah. since then we brought two new lives into the world one each that's awesome yeah all about (laughs) recruiting people to to join the world that's what we uh that's what we do in our free time yeah all good fun i love it how are you um so when we met um so when we met you were in you were working for a marketing agency yeah for recruit for recruiting and then you joined Hirewell. yeah since then yeah 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 so i was um so i was working with hoxo which is probably more well known in in the uk uh than than the us but you know we had the vision of Kind of building out a coaching and training course uh, for recruiters and you know just helping them brand themselves on on linkedin and so i worked with them and really just got to a point where you know like you mentioned like i you know had a child in in the last year and uh just needed something that was more just based in the us and uh, okay. i'd connected with Hirewell over the years just through uh content like i don't know if you've seen any of their content but really really um they're just really, really consistent with putting out content across the board. So yeah. I connected with one of their um, one of the partners, and they're like, "Yeah, we're looking to grow our HR team. And since you are connected to so many recruiters, you know, maybe recruiting recruiters is a good way to go." So yeah, uh, yeah I've been and doing your content nine months. It's great, and your content for that. If you're not following Joel, follow him. It's it's uh, it's 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 funny recruitment content. Um, and you always get it spot on. I, I really enjoy it. I really oh, do thanks. enjoy it. Um, so you grind out at least a post or two a day, which is great. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's so funny because I think when we had originally talked or when we originally met, I was actually yeah. posting three to four times a day, seven days okay. a week. And now I'm, I've, I've kind of come to the realization that, you know, it really is to do with like the quality of the post. And obviously like quality is pretty subjective, but you know, I, I definitely have taken the angle of let's make relatable content for recruiters. Um, and, you know, it's really kind of taken off, particularly in the last nine months. Uh, right. but, but also like now definitely looking to, uh, you know, potentially switch up a little bit of the, the content strategy, which uh, I think just happens over time. I think the more you do content, the more you realize, yeah. um, you know, you can change, you can switch things up. So uh, excited yeah, yeah. about that as well. Interesting. So f- so you were because i was so you, you you've gone from like a, a quantity to quality vibe now yeah and I, I i think part of that was like it's not that it, was it wasn't very... quality but you know it's like so you're yeah. spending so you're spending now more, more more thought and time on each piece of content than you did before i mean it's it's funny because i actually so 
how it all started out was I was I was looking at the content I was putting out, and at that time I was with Hoxo, and I'm like, our major target was agency recruiting firms, and it was like obviously like the main people I wanted to talk to were people like yourself that owned a recruiting firm that were looking to grow the business. But I just noticed, I was like, man, the engagement that I'm getting, because I was talking a lot about recruiters having, you know, you need to create content on LinkedIn. So that was what I was talking about a lot. But I just noticed that like a lot of the actual recruitment leaders I was looking to engage with, they just weren't engaging on the content. And I just put that down to like, they're not seeing the content. So I thought, well, what's the best way for them to see the content, for them just to see who I am, not necessarily even the content, but then just to get an awareness of who I was. And I was like, well, if I could get, you know, 10 recruiters at an agency to like a post, chances are that's going to end up on the newsfeed of a, a recruitment owner. They click, who is this guy? Click on a profile and then I'd be able to, you know, kind of sell them on the profile. Yeah. And, um, and so the first post that I did like that, I just was like, you know, what are recruiters like? Well, everybody in recruiting I've ever met has a sense of humor. We're funny. You And you have to be because you just yeah. people would screw you over and you know obviously there's just like so many situations that happen where if you don't have a sense of humor you're gonna have a hard time so i kind of actually followed i just thought of like who's somebody who's really big on linkedin it's kind of been recruiting but adam karpiak he's just you know obviously a really well-known name got hundreds of thousands of followers and a lot of what he posts is just humorous stuff for job seekers so i thought why don't i attack it from another angle and just talk about the frustrations that we can have as recruiters and particularly you know kind of again aiming at not necessarily the recruitment leader of the organization, but recruiters. But if they start liking my posts, get on the radar of, of leaders. And so um, I did a post and I think it ended up getting like two or 3 million views. And I was like, okay, I'm onto something. And so I kind of continued yeah. doing that because I was like, one thing I've learned about social media is if you, if you have, if you go viral and it's, and it's something that you've like thought about and you've controlled, then you can kind of just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kept doing it. And so I went from zero to 60,000 followers, I think, in the first two and a half years I was on LinkedIn. And then oh. now, you know, 60 to 120, 130,000 followers in six months because I changed the content strategy. But now I'm looking at it and going, okay. And I'm part of that too, it actually, actually saved me a lot of time because the content, you know, I, I, there was a period of time where I was doing a lot of like tweets kind of taking tweets as well that did well on like Twitter. Pictures of the tweets and pasting on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, like, like I kind of replaced my activity on LinkedIn because I was posting two to three times a day and actually went over to Twitter to do that because Twitter makes a lot more sense to post multiple times a day. And then what I do is it's like test the content on Twitter. So if something does well on Twitter, I can know that it's going to do well on LinkedIn. All right. Screenshot it, and then I can build out a little bit more of a written post on top of those screenshots. But... I'd right. say I'm probably spending less time now on content than I was before. Um, because but, you've because you've reached a good following where... Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like less time. And I, and I think like, I mean, there was a point where I was spending eight and a half hours on content a day and just content and engaging and just like really throwing myself into it. And yeah. you know, now I would say like anyone who's just starting off, I'd, I'd probably lead more towards like where I am now where it's like, if you have three to five solid posts a week and you kind of vary up the, what you're talking about. Um, and again, like I used to post a lot of personal content. I don't post any personal content anymore because those posts, they don't, they don't do as well as like my non-personal posts, which is an interesting switch. Cause for most people, it's the personal posts that do really well. Most, it's the, the, the pictures, the family stuff. 
yeah a lot of the time but then you're doing but you're doing like well you're doing funny relevant educational content for your audience yeah and and still i think there's still like a little bit of snark in there so there's definitely like a personality play where you know like i did a post yesterday where i don't know if you saw that there's a, there's a guy that posted something saying basically like remote workers are fat, right? Like remote oh, workers we saw that. are fat and lazy. <laughs> so then I took that and said, yeah, we are, you know, remote workers are fat. Like our wallets are fatter because we're not wasting time in the car. And then I kind of got a little bit snarky with it. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's just like, that's what people have grown to expect from me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, I, so where does it go? Where does it go from here? We'll see. I think with Hirewell, you know, like I said, I'm recruiting recruiters right now. Yeah, uh, probably going to be switching more into a uh, business development role over the next month and just helping grow the business and leveraging that platform. So I think yeah. we'll start to see a little bit of a change with uh, with what I'm doing. I'd love to do more. I'd love to set up another live stream like I was doing live streaming for about a year and a half. Stop that. And now yeah. I'm looking to get back into to doing that. So, so your most of your content is written, written and, and, and a visual of some sort. 100%. And then, and then, any, and then much, not much video. How come you decided to focus on the? It was just, it's just where I was family wise, to be honest. Right. Like you know how it is when when you have a newborn. I mean, obviously you got more yeah. kids than me, so you, it's just it's time consuming. And I was kind of in the middle of like a flux of, uh, you know, I just bought a house, so like I'm, I've got like a dedicated office space, and for about yeah. nine months, I just didn't really have a space to make yeah. videos where it was where it was quiet. So. Um, so yeah, I've been pretty, you know, pretty sparse with the with the video content. But what I'll be launching, you know, probably in the next month or so here is, you know, a recruiting live stream. You know, maybe an ask me kind of anything type type thing as well, because I know lots of people have yeah. questions. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think I it evolves. That. It evolves over time. You know. Yeah, yeah, love it. Relating that to like folks that aren't in recruiting, but content, I think. You know the va- the value of content is incredible, right? Like we're talking talking a little bit about about you know the way a job search and how to find a job and stuff nowadays. And for LinkedIn, LinkedIn's incredible. I mean, it's completely free for you to post, and you it blows and, you, my and mind. you can reach. It's crazy, right? And you can reach. I mean, you mentioned one post reached a million folks. I mean, you know, you, you could do that with with very few followers or connections. You just write something that hits a vein, exactly, and it goes out to folks. And so you know, for like, for just for general, like to, pr- to promote your career and to connect with the right folks and to be found by recruiters and seen by people, D- dive on LinkedIn. Don't worry about the follows and the likes and the comments and stuff, but just, you know, contribute to the conversation. And it's such a powerful thing to do. I always think it's the modern day cocktail party. You haven't got to leave your bedroom. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. But I think it, it's just changed in a way. It's changed really, really quickly, kind of changed in sync with everything that happened with the pandemic as well. But I, I, th- I just, I think to your point, like it's the followers and the likes, I think. And, and I think that's the only thing which I kind of struggle with is I honestly, I mean, if you look at recruiting or you look at anything that's consulting base, um, or if you're like a solopreneur, for example, you don't really need that many, you need, you know, let's say if you're a recruiter, if you had seven clients that were, that you were averaging 25 to 50 K a year with, you're, you're doing okay. You know, and obviously you can build that up. Let's say you have 10 clients and each are doing 50 K. Okay. Now you're billing a half a million dollars. It's 10 clients. So when people are like, yeah, I'm I'm only getting three likes. I'm like, great. Convert on one of those likes. (laughs) Like, 
convert on one, yeah. if you converted on if you did if you posted every day and you got 10 likes on each post and you got let's say 200 likes throughout the month and you could convert on you know a couple you know at 10 percent of those you're already going to be overwhelmed with work so that's like this weird fascination with follower accounts like amounts where it's like most of us we need like a handful of really like reliable clients that we can work with and the same with candidates like if I was to say, hey, you can get five quality candidates a month coming inbound and you really don't need a million likes, you don't need to spend hours of time. Obviously, it makes sense. But I think people get enamored with LinkedIn coaches, you know, people like myself, they look, oh, you get thousands of likes. Like so, so one of my team was like, you must never have to recruit. And I'm like, well, it's not that <laughs> simple. Like the likes don't the like. For me, what I've realized is like the likes and the awareness are really helpful yeah. in my outbound because people have a sense yeah. of who I am. But you you could you don't need to have it scaled like that. What you really need is you need a really, really highly targeted market. And if you've got a network of a thousand CEOs, let's say, that maybe never engage with your post, but they see it regularly enough, that's probably more powerful than having a hundred thousand followers that are just like random that just liked one post that you did once and aren't really engaged in what you're saying. So yeah, yeah, um, no, it's true. I think it's exactly you're com you're completely right. I think the focus should be quality educational content, like quality content for your audience, whatever yeah. that might be. I mean, you know, for us, it's recruiting. I talk a lot about you know all the different topics related to recruiting or finding a job or feedback or ghosting, whatever it is, right? All of these different kind of topics. I do it through video, live streams, written, whatever it might be. Um, but you're right. Like we actually, you don't probably don't even need 10 clients. You know, you have a couple of big clients. <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest, right? You have one or two really big customers uh, and who give you regular work and you can make a really nice business for yourself. Um, and, and the point of the content for me is is really gaining more credibility right you know being seen as an expert in your field and when someone thinks about you know i've got a big problem i need to find you know xyz you know you pop into their mind or they or they visit your profile and they're like oh wow that's interesting and they they kind of see some of the things you're talking about and it gives you this you know it's like the digital first impression because everyone checks you out on linkedin first exactly exactly but yeah. that and i think that's maybe where I had a little bit of, uh, you know, and again, you change, you can change the strategy and, and what you're doing. And that's probably where like, ah, okay, ARP is putting out like comedic memes, a way to build like good business credibility. I'm like, ah, I don't know. But there's something to be said for just general awareness as well. And I think that's where it's, it's finding the balance and then understanding like, you know, maybe, maybe I go through a phase in the next year where it's just purely live feeds and, you know, talking shop. Um, and yeah. I think that's the beauty with content. Like I'm, I'm going to be creating content for the rest of my career and yeah. whether that it stays on LinkedIn for a while and then moves into some like metaverse or whatever, it's just an act of understanding that, like you said at the beginning, it's literally free advertising. It's a way like it blows like 10 years ago, recruiters would have dreamed of a way oh. in two minutes to reach 2000 people. But the problem is, it's like, when you talk to people they're like, yeah, I just don't know. Or like, I don't feel comfortable putting myself out there. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, this is the same recruiter that like will make 500 cold calls fearlessly and doesn't <laughs> care. You're telling me that you really care about <laughs> that. You're afraid of what people might think. It just kind of blows my mind. But, um, but I think there's, a, I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions with it as well, where it's like, 
you know, you don't, you have to know who you are as well within it. And so like, if you're a junior recruiter, I'm not suggesting like putting yourself out there as like a recruiting guru, but you can still talk about experiences. You can still talk about things that well, are relevant on, and attract people yeah. still. So, yeah. I mean, you're on, you know, you're on the front line, you know, you're doing your job and you're experiencing stuff. And there's so many things that happen doing your job and people like, people like to hear about it, you know? Exactly. And it's, and and it is funny, like people aren't confident doing it, but they are confident picking the phone up and they well, don't mind about the nose and that, you know, and they get resilient on it. But it's, I don't know what it is about. It feels almost easier. Just you write something and you press post and you, you, know, you can run away and then check back a few hours later and see what's going on. But it's, you know, when I started in recruiting, which is back in 2006 or something, it was like yellow pages, no LinkedIn. And it was, you know, 100 calls a day. If you didn't make 100 calls a day, they take your chair away and you have to stand the next day. Some guy got their, 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 the headset, sellotape to their head. I mean, it was just like, you know, Real. back in the day, it was crazy. And but, but now it's just changed incredibly. Like, you know, for, for us, you know, we do exec search. It's, it's all relationship driven. It's people. And, and you know, and something like LinkedIn, you're able to, to get in front of folks without selling anything. Exactly. You know, like my content and yours too. It doesn't, you're not selling and inadvertently. You're, you're just giving content for free. And if it helps a few folks, awesome. And it, and it's also really good fun. I, I mean, I think it's, I th and I think that's where, uh, I think that's a big piece of it though, too. Like you have to have fun with it if you're going to be consistent. Yeah. But it's the same with recruiting. It's like, yeah, again, true. going back to the cold calling, it's like, you're only going to be really successful with cold calling. Like if there's part of you that enjoys cold calling or like enjoys a part of it. And it's like, we're only, you know, it's the same with recruiting as a whole. Like there's no way you're going to last in recruiting if you don't enjoy it. And, and you know, if yeah. you talk to someone who's a year or two in, you can just tell either they are like in love with what they're doing and they're excited every day, or it's just, you know, not a fit for them. And yeah. you know, I, and I think, with content, like I just was like, oh, I really enjoy writing. I, it's funny, like I like Sean over at Hoxha, like he's really, really like video based and like loves video. He's not so much of a writer, and I'm more of a writer. And I think that's that's a cool thing with social media is it's like you don't have to get on video if you don't want to. You can get on video if you want to, but you can just you can go on Twitter and you can just type in like little like thoughts and. It's, you know, it's, it's, just, it's all, all the kind of same, but I think you, the, the trouble is, is it gets into like where people start thinking they have to do something as well. And they're like, oh, I have to get on TikTok. And it's like, I, I'm on TikTok. I got, you know, 13,000 followers, but I don't actually produce a lot of content on there anymore because I was like, yeah, this isn't, isn't really like what I even enjoy doing. And so I think you have to enjoy it. You have to have fun. And yeah. And, and I think it's, it's the same with recruiting though. It's, it's the same thing where it's like, if you aren't actually, if you don't actually care about the clients you're working with, if you don't care about the, the problems that you're solving, you're not going to enjoy the conversations and you're not, yeah. you're not going to enjoy it. So it's, it's the same thing. And, uh, and to your point too, I think like, you know, particularly over the last couple of years, I think we're seeing, I, I think we're seeing a lot more like newer recruiters jumping on the social media and, and LinkedIn. Like I see a lot more recruiters yeah. that are probably at zero to five years creating content and, to me, that signals like, yeah, it's kind of like what the future is going to be. And uh, candidates will look at what podcasts you've done. Like, are you doing anything? And they want to get to know you a little bit. They want to do their homework before they talk to you. Um, yeah. 
it's just kind of the way it's moving and you know i'm it's a fan also of such it. a and also you know if, if you do like the cold calling it supplements it amazingly exactly you know, i mean and you, you have to do that you have to do that you have to call you're not getting results on something you yeah then you know it's like if the in-mail or your email or whatever hasn't worked and your content you know isn't bringing in the right candidates what do you do okay you start calling people yeah. it all everything works for me it's like yeah, yeah for me it's not like or it's and it's like exactly. that works and that works and that works and that works and there's so many ways to do it now you know I think in recruiting, it's great. Like if you've made it to year five, you know, you're probably enjoying it. Um, and these and these tools are just so, I mean, LinkedIn is just so wonderful to really start to, you know, to, to keep growing. Because in our industry, it gets better and better the longer you stay in it. hundred percent. You know, and, and I just did a post about that today. It's like, oh, did you? It's, it's, oh. It, well, the, the post was like 90% of recruiting is, is timing. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, why, why, why is it a big fee? And it's like, well, you're not paying for like the three people that you're getting or the four people that you're getting through. Actually paying for the years of just conversations because most of the time, you know, it's somebody that you talked to a couple of years ago or, you know, yeah. maybe it's someone in the moment you're reaching out to, but can't really rely on just luck and, and the timing of it being just 100% right for somebody. Um and I, th I think that's where, you know, obviously the longer you're doing something and you're focused on it, the bigger your network is going to be. And, yeah. um, you know, again, that's where like LinkedIn is powerful because you can just show up every day. People get familiar. They know you. And so many times I reach out to people and they're like, oh, my gosh, like it feels like I got a celebrity reaching out to me. And I'm like, well, that's really sad. <laughs> but, and I'm gonna but that's the power, you. though. That's the power. They know, you know, like. You know, if you're in it a long time, I mean, recruitment is all timing for sure. But also the point is, is that you, you know, you age with your network as well. Yeah. You know, and if you start, you know, you start young and, and, and you know, maybe you start doing contingent recruiting and you're doing kind of mid, juniorist level. And then you start to, you know, you can start to progress. And, and these folks you might be placing multiple times, they become hiring managers. They're consuming your content you know you're also speaking with them you may be taking them out for a coffee you meet them for lunch you, you know all of this kind of stuff you meet them in the metaverse and <laughs> you know like uh suddenly they'll be like you know a ceo and you're their guy we'll go exactly. you know it's a good that. long it's it's a bit of it's like cliche i know but like patience and, and it's a long-term thing and you definitely it gets better as you as the longer you stay in it which I, sure. I mean, I, th I would think that, I mean, I just think of it like same with like financial advising or something, you know, it's like, yeah, it sucks when you start off because you didn't know anybody and you, everything is cold and outbound. But, you know, if you're five years and you're still like cold calling out three, you know, 300 times a day, I'd probably question like, okay, what, are, what about, the, what, how have you been building relationships for the last five years? And yeah. uh, that was actually a challenge. I think, you know, I mean, kind of beginning out because I was out of recruiting for about two years and then getting back in. Yeah. Um, and obviously like it definitely helps like having a visibility with a lot of recruiters since I'm recruiting mainly recruiters yeah. and HR folk, but, um, you know, like again, like the power of the network is, you know, there's people on my team that they've just been doing it for 10 years and obviously they're billing more than I am, even though I've got, you know, lots of followers and that type of thing. But it's because like, ultimately it's always going to be a relationship game and people yeah. aren't going to do business unless there's a relationship there really no matter how good your content is but the, obviously having a nice funnel of 
you know, 20 to 30 people a week that you don't have to reach out to, it's beneficial. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely. You should, you know, just try and use all the tools available and, you know, phone, face-to-face meetings, content, it's free. You know, if you're using all of that stuff and you do, and you do it regularly for a long period of time, it's, it's an incredible career. You know, you can make some great friends, you can make money and all of that stuff. I think it's, I think it's awesome. How are you finding the market now? Cause I've, we spoke about this just before we, we pressed record and it's a funny, feels like a funny moment right now. Um, like for us, you know, since probably August, 2020, like most, well, like every recruiter, it's been like one of the busiest moments ever. And like everything, everything's cyclical. And it feels like maybe, you know, we're approaching a little China change. Some of the tech firms have been making some redundancies. Coinbase rescinded offers. You know, like is, how are you finding it? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think if you're an internal recruiter, you know, I mean, you're a cost center at the end of the day. So I think as an internal recruiter, unless you're like the leader within within the company, probably is a little bit scary right now. And, you know, especially if you're in tech, you know, and you're at a, a firm that just has gotten around to funding uh, or you're in a market like real estate, obviously right now, or, or crypto or any any of these, any of these really volatile industries, we're starting to see like, obviously uh, a lot of uncertainty with anything that's, that's, that's volatile. So, yeah. but I think the saving grace for recruiters as a whole is there's still just so many job openings and there's just, there's literally not enough people to do the work yeah. that, that companies feel like are qualified. And it's, it's a weird dichotomy because there's a lot of people on the market right now that are looking for jobs, but they just don't have necessarily the skill sets that are in demand. So, yeah. um, you know, th- definitely everything you're saying, I think is, is right. I think social media is playing a really weird part in this as well. It's and true. I think LinkedIn is, is kind of not necessarily the so like you mean over, to, kind of over egging, egging it a little bit. And if you, because if you go on your LinkedIn, like for example, you go on a LinkedIn, you see, you know, you, on desktop, you've got your homepage and then you see the news. It's like every single time there's a layoff, they're letting yeah. you know. And the reality is if you just go back and look at the data and I know like our team did this, we're, we're still not at the anywhere near the point of layoffs and, and, and cuts that we were in 2020, but people are a lot more vocal about it. And it's not just like LinkedIn news necessarily. It's like the, like if a recruiter gets laid off nowadays, what do they do? They post about it on LinkedIn. So you start seeing a lot and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like my whole newsfeed is layoffs, but it's really small. I think it's a small, you know. It's it's true. Cause like a few months ago it was congratulations, new job. Congratulations, new job. Everyone seemed to have moved like, you know, like last year, beginning. And now it's, yeah, now it's, but people are vocal, like, oh, I've left. And then it gets, especially if, if it gets a lot of traction and you just see these things in the newsfeed and a lot of people get outraged by things, you know, they got cut and it gets a bit, you know, people are like commenting, just can't believe it. You, you know what I mean? Like I never, it gets, I never ripped on it a little bit where it's like, particularly with like the, I, I think it's just because when you're in, when you're on the agency side and you're just dealing with clients all the time, like I would say the bulk of the clients that we work with are, are tech startups that have just gotten their series A, B or C funding. And it's like, yeah. you just hear the, you hear the conversation in a kickoff meeting where it's like, I, it's almost like you could just predict what was going to be, what's going to be said in some of these meetings where 
yeah, we just received our funding. So we're going to go into hypergrowth and we're going to hire, you know, 200 more people. And we've only got 40 people right now, but we're, we need to triple in size. We need to, we need to quadruple in size. And you're just thinking like, do you know how hard it is to like hire some of this tech talent and like who you're going up against? Like, you, like it's great. And I'm glad you're thinking about growth, but you know, 20% growth is still good growth. Like it doesn't have to be 280% growth, but then obviously it's like, let's bulk up the recruiting team and we've got all this money so we can pay them a lot more than they're making. And so it's like kind of feel bad in some ways when, you know, it's like you see an internal recruiter, you know, is making, you know, they're getting a 60 to 80 K raise or whatever that is, you know, they're doubling yeah. their salary, let's say with, with the overall package. And then nine months later, yeah, I can't believe I'm writing this. They laid off. And it's like, well, when you, when, when you think about these huge numbers that companies are putting out there and like, like doubling a company in size is easy if you've got two people because you're only adding two more people. Yeah, yeah. If you've got 400 people and you're looking to triple in size, it's very hard. And, you know, it's like you don't have the marketing, you don't have the brand name, probably don't have the money to even pay people and be competitive compared to big tech. So it's like, it's great when you hear that. And obviously, if you're interviewing with a company as a recruiter and they say, yeah, we've, we've got these growth goals, that's great. But it's like, everybody had these growth goals and then it's like now it's like guess social media makes it so easy to find out information it's like suddenly like yeah. three firms or like meta you know facebook says we want to we're going to hire we're going to have a hiring freeze and everybody's seeing the same thing so then everybody thinks oh wow like we're in a super dark time and, and just be careful yeah and a lot some of the vcs are like okay just chill out let's see some profit in, but but the thing, the funny thing is, I mean, you know, everyone thinks they can do recruiting better than a recruiter, and it's like you, you know, oh, it's really hard to raise money, which I'm sure it is. Yeah. But suddenly, it's really hard to attract people. Like recruiting's tough, uh, especially when the people you're looking for are in high demand. To your to your point, these are high in demand people, and you got to get your story right. You know, like everyone's raised money, everyone's got a call. You know, it's like. It's, yeah, it's like really say, saying like, hey, we just raised $80 million, at, you know, in our Series D funding. I mean, that really is, it doesn't mean that much. Not when not when you're looking down the newsfeed and you're seeing like companies that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars and never turned a profit. And then now they're letting go of people. It's like probably a bigger flex now is or like a bigger selling point is we've been around in, in business for 120 years and we've had steady growth and we're conservative with what we're going <laughs> yeah. Uh would you like to join our team? <laughs> yes, I would, you know, and, and obviously there's like an allure with like everybody wants to, you know, be part of like an IPO and things like that, which I, which is great. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that we, we we're seeing that, but it's, I think that's what, I honestly think that's what we're seeing. And, and it's the toughest point I think is when, when you see somebody who's been at a company for a long time, they make a move, they get a pay bump and then, you know, obviously a layoff yeah. happens, but I, yeah. and I've made posts about it. Like, you, you know, I've, I thought, well, you should be asking better questions during an interview. You know, like you should be asking how many recs are you recruiting on? Like, what's the, what's the company growth forecast? Like when's the last time you reviewed the growth forecast? But the reality is it is so hard in an interview to bet that out because nobody, probably the people interviewing don't really know. They, they, might not know. they probably don't know. And, and maybe the VCs turn around next week and say, sorry, guys, taps, we're turning them off. And then they're like, oh, OK, uh, I've got, you know, so, so it's 
it's hard. I mean, definitely like you can give yourself the best chance by asking the right questions. Um, I mean, everyone can do better at that, right? Like you can interview your potential employer better, but some sometimes you just you just don't know. Which is, you know, which is obviously we see that as recruiters all the time, particularly on the agency side where like we've all placed somebody and then gotten that dreaded call of like, yeah, actually they're going to be letting people go and I'm back on the market. And, uh, you know, and and you kind of feel maybe then a little bit guilty of like, oh man, I placed them. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like you, you can ask the better questions and you can do your research. You can look at it and go, okay, hey, we've got, you know, 30 openings in this, this level and we've got a team of 17 recruiters. I probably don't want to be the 18th recruiter there, like at this point. Uh, but it's, it's, I think, again, what's been very hard too, and I've seen this because most recruiters, once I get down to offer stage, have three or four different offers. Yeah. The money that has been getting thrown around, you know, like I'm not saying recruiters aren't worth it. We are, but, you know, it's like that, you know, the salary bumps have just been over it's the crazy. last year have been crazy. And at the end of the day, the rule is always the same where like, if you are the most expensive person and you're the newest person and you're maybe making more than people who are higher than you have been longer at the company, you're, you're susceptible. And I'm not saying if you're less money, if you're that, that, if you're that person and, and you hear rumors of redundancies, you're going to be in five days a week or still working full time at home. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. I posted about this today. It's like it's a kind of tongue-in-cheek thing, but but you know, it's like um, you know, my, my my point was, you know, that this work from home thing is wonderful, you know, and we're fully remote and stuff. Um, but if you do hear of redundancies and you sit and you hear your team going in and you've got to pay the bills, are you gonna be cool with staying at home, knowing that you're an inc- incredible at your job, or just wandering in for FaceTime just in case? Yeah, it's tough. And I think, you know, and again, we've been, we've had such a candidate driven market over the last two years as well, or, mm-hmm. you know, at least the last year that, hey, that pendulum starts to shift the other way, which it always does with everything. Yeah. It's just always kind of has these shifts, but it's like starts to shift back to the employer. And suddenly, you know, there's a lot more now. I think more vocal leaders saying, hey, we got to, you know, return to the office or like hybrid, you know, I, so I just read something where it's like hybrid is going to be extinct. And I mean, to me, I'm like, well, maybe. And like, I don't really have anything against like in office or, or, or remote. Like I, I don't really have that stronger feelings at the end of the day. I think if my office was closer, I mean, I'm about an hour and a half away from my office. If it was closer, I probably would go there a couple times a week just to get out of the house with, with three kids. But, yeah. um, you know, like you said, as that pendulum starts to shift, are you going to have candidates demanding, you know, the top of the range every time? Are they going to do this? Like, will there be some leveling out? Yeah. You know, potentially, but I think it's like each person, you've got to make that decision and you've got to be smart. I'm not saying accept less money or, you know, just completely cancel the, the, the work from home, but Hey, it gets more competitive. And as somebody, if, if they want somebody in the office and it's a competitive job market, they'll find somebody that will go into the office for that's true. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's like, even if you are great at what you do, there's probably other people who maybe aren't as great, but they're maybe willing to do other things that you aren't. And yeah, maybe they start. Yeah. You've got to make a call on it for sure. I I think also you're right. Like some of these tech firms, they were paying a lot. Um, And there's right. There's something to be said for like, you know, a good solid established, 
you know, 150 year old firm that's just, you know, it's not as sexy. They might not post as much on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Because, <laughs> you know, like you get attracted to these tech firms because like, you know, that you're kind of like the modern day rock star, aren't you? I mean, I'm like working super hyper growth and, you know, like they're going to sell soon. Oh, dude, the, the fascination. Well, the fascination with like the tech industry it, and I think is really interesting just in general where like there's almost like a, a worshiping that goes on of like, you know, fang, like, you know, and you see it with mostly like probably new grads where they're like, oh, I've got to land a job at, you know, Amazon. I got to be able to put X Google on my profile. And hey, it is great. And those companies are really hard, hard to get into. And I'm not taking anything away from that. But, you know, at the same time, I think I just my mindset has always been like, hey, you've got to provide. And, you know, it's particularly the role that I play in my family, like, I'm the provider, I'm the, you know, the main provider. So, hey, if, if it comes down to it and I got to do something I don't like for a period of time, I will do something I don't like to, to earn the money. And, and I think, yeah. you know, we've got this like fascination with tech, with startups, with all this sort of stuff. And, and um, you know, and, and then now, like, I just think like, you know, candidates, they, they, they do expect more, which isn't a bad thing. Like, that's okay, but... I do think that there might be some kind of a balancing with that where like as an entry level or like kind of junior in your career, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to demand as much, but I'll still get behind it as well. Cause I kind of admire that. I kind of admire the fact that like people now, you know, particularly candidates, like they are more willing to say like, Hey, I, this is what I want. And they're not going to put yeah. up with the same crap. You've got to know what you've got to know your worth. Yeah. You've got to yeah. know your worth. And I think, you know, I mean, re recruiters have really, risen in in importance but like their value in 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 the market that it's been the last couple of years there's been a lot of reliance on them like it's hard to attract folks yeah and you've seen recruiter salaries go up and and stuff the and rightly so i think i mean and also it's funny because tech is sexy and people want to work in a sexy industry you know like you want to go work for google versus an insurance company you know like <laughs> You just don't go, you know, don't grow up saying, hey, I want to go work for, you know, whatever, Berkshire Hathaway maybe isn't, or, you know, I want to go work for Google. And so you get sucked into this like real sexiness of an industry. Um, but there's some great industries where they're complex, they're interesting, you can get wonderful experience. And, and you know, you should be, people should be open to that. You know, don't get too sucked into that, like that Series B, that Series D, that's yeah well it's and it, it's tough and i think that's again like that's the impact of social media as well because i've seen a big rise on linkedin where you get these job coaches that are like yeah you know i'll get you 50k more than you're earning or like you know i've seen different job coaches where in their headline on linkedin it'll be like negotiated 1.5 million dollars worth of like salary um you know more salary for people and i'm like that's not a bad thing that's a good thing but it's like it's also you know, it's like the, the simple fact is like, and I think this is something which people don't talk a lot about, but the more money you make and the more money you get paid, the more you're going to do. Like, it's not like you just get more money and then you end up doing less. It never works out that way. And like, no. you know, I, I learned that lesson in a tough way when, you know, I started my own business. It was like, I suddenly realized that like 40 hours wasn't going to cut it. And you you know, it's like, you got to do whatever you have to do. And, yeah. you know, but instead I'd fall in love with the kind of the Instagram and LinkedIn stories of like, yeah, I just, 
you know, I did this and it was, it was, it was effortless and, and, you know, I'll teach you how to do it type thing. And you kind of get, you buy into that same thing with tech. It's like, I think tech is a great industry to be in. Uh, but talk to anybody that's at a startup, particularly if you're like, let's say the only recruiter at a startup, you're working a lot. There's a lot of demands on you and you're not always supported in the way that you would. Whereas like, if you work at a really large company where things are already built out, Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe you're getting paid a little bit less, but you know, they're probably the stress levels less as well. So it depends where you're at in life as well. I think. Do you know what also a lot of people I've I've spoken to, not just in recruiting, but just generally, um, you know, they'll they'll take a pay cut to be more happy. Gen- genuinely. 100%. Yeah. You, you know, people don't say that. I mean, you're not gonna post that online. Hey, I took a pay cut. <laughs> um, you know, I think but, I did actually post about that once, but <laughs> you're you are right though, 100%. People are, you know, money, despite what you might think, is not the number one thing and not the number one reason people are looking to move or necessarily taking a job. There's all these other aspects to it, yeah. you know, and especially at the level that you're recruiting at too, with like executive level. I mean, it's just, there's a lot more that goes in and it's like most people, once you're, once you're at a certain level of income for a period of time, like there's more stability there. So you're able to, to, you know, maybe take less money for a mission that you really care about. And obviously compensation always matters, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I hundred percent, yeah. It's important. It's interesting though, because in the in the UK, in the UK, like it, you you ask candidates what they're earning, or when you apply for a job, like the company will say, oh, "How much are you earning?" It's a bit odd not to say, right? And in America, pretty much it's illegal to ask anyone, right? You can't ask, um, which is really interesting because because here, if someone's earning more money, people are always a little bit reluctant to hire them if the, the job pays less. Mm. It's like, oh, when what happens if a bigger job comes up? Um, why do they want less money? That doesn't sound right. You know, it's all a little, you know. Whereas in, it was in America, like you can't ask. It's just, what are your expectations? And maybe they offer what they're earning. Maybe they don't. I think, yeah, it's so because I saw someone actually post about that today in you know from the UK, and I think she was like, stop criticizing people for asking what the salary is. And I didn't comment. On, I don't know, maybe I did, but yeah, I mean, like I, I think. The question I'm always asking is like, what are you targeting? But I also get a lot of information from that because if somebody, let's say I'm working on a role that's 200K and it's a VP level role and they reach out to them and then they're like, yeah, I'm looking for 90K. I'm probably like, okay, because it's actually targeting less, I'm actually thinking in my head, like, I don't know if they've done their research on like what these positions do, which to, to me, that actually means a lot because then it's like, maybe you're not at the level of, of what they're looking for. And, you know, and I, I guess also, you know, sometimes there's a piece too, as like a recruiter where you're talking to them and go, Hey, well, you know, you've been in, you've been doing this for, you know, seven to 10 years. Um, you know, this is actually what the market's paying. So, you know, I'd, I'd maybe be targeting, a, you know, a little bit more. So I, I, I you know, it's a fine balance with that, but you know, I get, I get it a lot too, where, where maybe it's just cause I'm recruiting recruiters in HR, but a lot of times like people are like, well, full transparency, this is what I'm making right now. Oh, and, and they I offer kinda, it up to you. Yeah. They offer it up. And, and at that point I'm like, I don't know if this really it even helps me necessarily. Cause then it's like, you kind of know where they're at and I don't know. And, like, you, and you might, you have a view. I mean, you kind of like automatically form a view, don't you? When you yeah, know because someone... I just think too, like if, you know, depending on what the level of the role, you know, there's something to be said with like negotiating skills and like, you know, it's like, 
are you that in tune with where the market's at? And like, how come you're at this level? If like this, you know, if like the actual level's here, like maybe there's an issue. Because you could say like, you know, if you know you're slightly underpaid, you say, hey, unlike others, I've been really loyal to my company and I've stayed for like more than a year or two. And so I've only really got incremental pay increases. Because <laughs> if, you, if you move, that's when you get your jumps. Yeah, which is, again, it's just a, such a fascinating thing that's come up. And like when you look, you know, there's I've seen a lot more posts around like salary transparency where you'll have like, you know, Netflix engineers sharing how much they're making or like, you know, and the, the problem is then is like, I don't think like someone did one for recruiters recently as well. And it was like, they just put these like salaries. And in my head, I'm thinking, these are a lot higher than the salaries that, you know, a lot of the companies I'm working with are, are willing to pay. Uh, but then it's like, you've really got to look at the whole data and look at like, okay, are we talking salary? Are we talking the overall picture? That's and, yeah. you know, like to your point, like the, I, we've seen a lot more content around like, you know, strategically making jumps to get more money. And, more money yeah. But then I, equally, like you hear about people that end up getting that job at Amazon or they end up and it's like two to three years in, they're super burned out. And then it's going yeah. back to your point, like, is it really worth it? Yeah. A lot, it's a lot going on. It's a lot. Um, last last thing on salary ranges before we jump off. Um, so I, I saw your video you did with your colleague, which I loved. <laughs> salary ranges are great, right? Because, you know, here, again, you, have to, you haven't got to post them, but, you know, you ask somebody, what are you looking for? Most people give a range. Yeah. I don't know why you'd give a range. It's like, yeah, I'm looking for, I don't know, 100 to 120. So to your, your video point, the client or you thinking, okay, 90. They're exactly. thinking, actually, I really want 130. Um, why would you, what would your advice be? Don't give a range, give a number. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's important. I mean, I, as, a, as someone who's interviewing, I think it's really important that you know the range, but you've also got to be aware that like the top of the range, you then need to look at the job description and, you know, just look at the job description and look at how close you fit to it. And then you're going to, you should have an idea of where you fall in a range. And what I mean by that is if they say, <clears throat> if they say that they're looking for five to seven years of experience doing something, then you have three to four years of experience. You can't expect the, the, the top of the pay range because they're just going to go to that immediately and say, well, we were looking for seven, seven, eight. And they, they kind of, you can see that like it's down, down on yeah. paper. Now, Obviously, the challenge there is that somebody could be doing something for seven to eight years and just be really bad at it. And somebody could be doing something for a year or two and be really great at it. So it's kind of yeah. hard to conceptualize based on years of experience. But there's other things like looking at the overall responsibility or looking at the size of the company. So let's say you're working at a company with 500 people and they're a 10,000 person organization. And, you know, it's like just... I guess looking at the overall picture of the role and, and what you've actually done and what you can write down and say, okay... I'm an 80% match. Then when it comes to the job description or the salary range, you're then looking at 80% of what the top of the range is. And, and so I think like the problem is with the salary range is like, you know, any, any, anybody who's a candidate that says hundred, 120, they're, they're automatically mean 120. And it's the same with, with, with clients. So I think yeah, if you can pinpoint the number into a smaller range, it's, it's better. But then I think also like just having the conversation earlier and just being really specific and yeah. not being afraid of talking about it. Um, yes. 
It's yeah, really, really true. important. And, you know, Pe- just being being reasonable with it as well. Yeah. People often are a bit uncomfortable with talking about it. But if you want, I mean, you have a range in your mind, right? Like you'd be happy with X, you'd love Y, you know, you walk away at, you know, whatever. But I, I, I mean, personally, I think give a number, maybe the middle of your range, exactly. which you'd be happy with. And maybe there's a bit of a negotiation to be had. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the other thing too, is like whatever offer you get, you can always negotiate on it. But again, with that, it's like, just if you really want the job, just be reasonable with it. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. and, and look at like, okay, are there other things that maybe I can negotiate that are non-monetary or is there another benefit? Like maybe it's an extra day at home. If that's something you really care about or an extra week of vacation, like it's just looking at the overall package. But I do think that that is, that's the hard thing with the salary transparency with these ranges is you, you like whenever you say the range, the candidates go to the top, clients yeah. go to the bottom. And I just, it, the bigger the range, the worse off you are. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to get paid bottom of the range? <laughs> yeah. Okay, then, then the problem is, is, you know, then you're bottom of the range, you know, like, yeah, it's the thing we're not thinking about is like, okay, Hey, hundred, 120. And they offer you a hundred. They must not think you're that qualified then because they've given you the range of what the job is. Yeah. So it's like, but then know, is, take is a that moment. what people want? And then take a moment to think about the people that have been there for five years and it'd be even lower than the bottom of the range. <laughs> and, exactly. And then it goes again, like looking at like, okay, if there is a change in the business, where am I sitting on that range? You know, and yeah. just being smart that way. And these are tough, it's, it's tough things though. And I'm not saying these yeah. are easy or I even have all the answers because I certainly don't. But I think like being realistic and being realistic and transparent is everything you know and just looking at it like at the end of the day like when you're getting hired on to a business you're hired on to help with the overall business no matter what your yeah. role is if you're an accountant if you're a recruiter if you're a salesperson the goal is is for you to come in and impact the business's bottom line in a positive direction and help the business it's not all about how much you're going to get paid and like yeah. that's a big fact you care a lot about that but like the nature of business is like it's teamwork so you you got to be a team player at times. And again, I'm not saying lowball yourself, but it's just. Because also, yeah. you know, there's so much stuff. Again, you can dive on LinkedIn and just consume content and, and look at what you should be paid and go on Glassdoor and whatever. I mean, you, you, you should educate yourself and you should you know what you're worth broadly. And then, you know, go be dependable, dependable, work hard you know, like just have a great ground game and you have more opportunities available and you progress and hundred percent, you know, love it. Joel, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, great to be here. And uh, thanks for everybody who tuned in as well. Sorry we weren't answering the questions live, but uh... yeah, yeah. Well, there'll be some, <laughs> some good stuff. We'll comment. Thank you very much. Um, and everyone subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, uh, even Twitter. Uh, Apple Podcasts on LinkedIn as well. Um, Thank you, everyone. And Joel, yeah, thanks so much for joining me, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here. Great time. Thank you. We'll do it again. 100%, 100%.